0: Hello Mamas, we are Allison, Kelsey, and Melissa, and we would like to welcome you to the Unstressed Mama podcast, the podcast that will teach you how to manage the daily stress that comes from being a mom. Nothing is off limits here, from peeing your pants to balancing your budget to working out, we'll talk about it. We have a very special guest today. She has always been my number one fan, is a mom of three, a grandma to six, and the strongest woman I know. She is a marathoner, a health coach, and an inspiration for being fit over 50. I am super excited to introduce to you my mom, Diane Michael, as a guest on the Unstressed Mama podcast. welcome.
1: Well, thank you so much. It is an honor to be here, and wow, thank you for that lovely intro.
0: Um, And not only is she my number one fan, she's also uh, come to both of our virtual workshops. Um, So she's also an Unstressed Mama fan. And, you know, just thought having a perspective of somebody who has gone through this mom life already with adult children um, to get some perspectives on some things. So growing up, I knew you always said, like, all I want to do is be a mom. And I think you did a really great job. I mean, look at me. <laughs> um, and so, um, as the goal of our podcast is to try to provide you know tools for moms to be less stressed, um, we are of the as the hosts. It's just Allison and me tonight. Um, have kids under ten, so young young ones. Um, if you could maybe shed some light. Um, if, uh, mom life ever ends. So we'll have some questions. You have to answer that right away. Okay. All right.
2: Okay. So one of my questions I have here is something that actually comes to mind for me all the time, because I tend to be almost a helicopter parent with oh you're not getting that here let me help and it scares me because I know that I need to stop that and I can for now when it's you know you can't tie your shoe or you can't do something really minor like that and it's not going to destroy his life but I worry about when he gets older and he's making bigger mistakes um, how do you get to the point where you sit back and let them learn from their mistakes Um, and not always fix the things so that they will eventually, hopefully start to learn on their own.
1: You know, that's really a big key. And it's slightly different for each person and actually even for each child and different situations. But one of the things that, that I had to learn was that I was not always going to be able to be there for my kiddos. And I came across a saying at one point, and I had it hanging in my house. Um, There are two things we bequeath our children. One of them is roots, and the other is wings. And so I knew that I wanted them to soar and reach their dreams. And I knew that um, I didn't quite know how to do that myself. And the key to that was going to be helping them to find their own way. And the first part of that was being able to recognize and let go and let them find their own way. It was excruciatingly painful, I will add, to let go and allow them to make their mistakes. Very difficult to do. And yet, when they find their way to their solutions, it is extremely rewarding.
0: Um, so I kind of remember that in your house. Not overtly but one of my favorite movies i guess it was a college time frame was sweet home alabama where the girl like left and then eventually came back and i remember someone saying you can't have roots and wings um so like that's something that's always stuck in my mind as i left my hometown went to college and never went back basically after college um so that interesting. Do you still have that sign?
1: I do have that.
0: Is it hanging in the new house? Not yet. Okay. (laughs)
1: Because the new house has decorations still waiting to find their home and their way on the wall.
0: I think it should go up in the new house. Okay. I will do that. You have a few weeks so I come there. (laughs) All right.
2: Or maybe it should be a gift for a re-gift for Melissa so she can remember that as her kids are growing up.
0: Oh. (laughs) I can put that in my undecorated house. (laughs)
1: There was Uh, another plaque that I had found when the children were young that really it was made to look like it was for a little boy. I had one in, in Ryan's room. I had one in the girl's room. And it was about, it was the poem, children learn what they live. And it was a nice reminder to me that how I was acting was going to make a greater impact on them than what I was saying. And what I was trying to teach them with my words could only go so far. But what I could show them and experience with them would have a deeper impact. A little scary because it does go both ways. There was a lot of things that they learned that I wish they had not. And then there were other things that they took what they learned and then they multiplied it with their own personality and their own experience and made it better.
2: That just led me to another question. Um, Obviously, I know Melissa pretty well, and she has a fitness business. And I know your other daughter, Megan, also has a fitness-based business. Did you do a lot of working out as they were growing up that influenced their choices with that? No, I did not, actually.
0: Interesting. You did run. And I remember I went running with you once. I was probably like, I'm never going to do that again. Why would anybody voluntarily go for a run? I think I was maybe like 14-ish mm-hmm. at that point. Um, so I do you remember you running when you went through the phase of starting to run?
1: Yeah, I played softball. I was always, I was active as a child because I grew up out in the country. And back then we had a TV antenna and like three stations. And so we spent a lot of our time outdoors and swimming and hiking
0: and horses
1: yeah so I was always an active person I did not do group fitness it became popular in the 80s but to be honest it didn't fit my budget nor did I have a babysitter so when aerobics came out um, I think I went once so it was not something that I had I had demonstrated for them
0: this is a real question did you ever Richard Simmons DVD?
2: I was just getting ready to bring that up.
0: Sure, I guess it was a VHS. I did
1: not, but he used to come on TV.
0: Oh, okay. I used
1: to watch him at 9 a.m.
0: Okay, because I remember <laughs> we, I, I don't remember <laughs> which episode off the top of my head, but we talked about yeah. Richard Simmons. It came up. And yeah. so when you just said that, I was like, wait, did we have the VHS? But because I remember doing watched, it, Richard Simmons, or mm-hmm. watching him. Yes. Yeah
2: i was kind of a, or i guess my mom was a pioneer of the workout at home craze that everyone else just kind of got into last year because forever i would be sleeping in my bedroom this is when i was like 20 and hear my mom out there clapping in the morning. It's like what is she doing <laughs> and i would finally one day i got up and looked and she was doing the richard simmons vhs <laughs> I started doing it with her and Diane when you were saying you didn't have the budget or always a babysitter my first thought was well if we would have lived closer I could have lent you I could have recorded my Richard Simmons VHS and let you have your own copy.
1: (laughs) I think it didn't really appeal to me the the gym life the the like group exercise didn't really appeal to me. I did start running because I learned from experience and I learned from other people. And so I had um, was operating a childcare business that I absolutely loved. And one of the moms of the children in my program had, I noticed a change in her. And I noticed that she had lost some weight, but more than that, I noticed that she was happier. And so I finally asked her what had changed, and she told me that she had started running. And so I think at this point, that probably is when you remember me running. Mm -hmm. Um, I could only run for five minutes, and then I had to walk, and so that's how I started. I would run for five, walk for five, but I was so moved by the change that she experienced And her motivation was doing it with a friend. So they got each other up at O-Dark 30 and ran through town, which I thought was absolutely crazy. And now I get up at O-Dark 30 (laughs) and it really made an impact on me to see the difference that physical exercise had on her life. But for me, I didn't start to look for healthy alternatives until I was really struggling with my health. And it was when the medical doctors were like, we don't know what's wrong with you. I was struggling with fatigue and skin rashes and um, really these episodes that were a little bizarre of fatigue and it's embarrassing, but a smell, like my body would get this smell and they're like, we don't know what's wrong with you. And somebody gave me a book and that's what really kind of started it. And Melissa and I actually shared it and started talking and we started to research and then she found a book and she shared it with me and we started trying it and seeing how it worked. And then it just kind of grew from there.
0: We haven't made it to the downstairs
1: bookshelf yet.
0: Those books. Um, so you said it's in the question about like letting them learn, like how do you, how do you like gauge like this is one just gonna, you know, let them figure it out versus unsolicited advice.
1: I would have to say without going too deep into trying to analyze it, just it would be when there was something that you felt very strongly about or that I didn't have,
3: an easy solution for.
1: Because I certainly did my share, as you were saying, Allison, about that helicopter parent, um, you know, I, I had a really fine line between enabling and helping. And it was so, so fine that I didn't recognize it myself. And it wasn't until I realized that the key was for them to be able to take care of themselves. And I didn't want to get in the way of that
2: were you able to figure that out through intuition or did you look for resources to give you guidance on that at all on making those decisions on when to step in or when to not?
1: You know, I wish I could say it was intuition. <laughs> it was usually desperation. It was usually when something was really challenging, painful, difficult, exasperating, frustrating, that, led me to find some help from somebody or just say okay i'm gonna let you
2: figure it out um there's a a parenting coach that i follow right now and she asks a lot about intuition do you trust your intuition etc and what i have found is i usually do not trust my intuition and in hindsight looking back i think why didn't i trust my intuition i knew but I did the opposite because it didn't seem right um, and I wonder if that is a common theme for a lot of other mothers and I you know I only have eight years of experience so far so I don't have a whole wealth of information to draw on but I can think of a few big times when that has been the case for me.
1: One of the things that I learned that I didn't see that was building blocks of parenting was there's a lot of habits and problem solving that happens in the day to day and in the little things that help problem solve in the big things so one of one of the times just makes me laugh when i think back of it well, for whatever reason i thought of it today um, I I used to crease my jeans. So she, <laughs> when I would do laundry, I folded them while they were warm and pressed them with my hands and they would have a crease in them. And at, I don't know, 14, Melissa, that was absolutely so uncool. And she did not want her jeans creased. And just out of habit, I would fold them and I would crease them. And so she got pretty disrespectful one day about me and creasing her jeans and she said I said then I won't do your laundry and she said fine don't do my laundry and so I didn't (laughs) and I didn't do her laundry and my mother thought it was the most horrible thing that I would refuse to do her laundry and so to kind of emphasize her stand her dirty laundry was all over her bedroom floor, which was on the first floor and spewing out. I often had to kick it back in <laughs> to shut the door. And I was like, oh, don't tell my
0: husband this.
1: I'm going to let, I'm just going to let this go because that's what she said she wanted. She'd rather do it herself than have me do her jeans. And it was several weeks <laughs> of dirty laundry on her floor. And then one day she said, um, okay, you can do my laundry again. I'm sorry. I was like, okay, I'll do your laundry.
0: That, that, I don't remember the laundry on the floor part, but the rest of that is so totally true.
1: It really was a way, it, it did drive my mom crazy because she felt like I should put my foot down and I should battle. But I had researched, like you said, Allison, and I found that, you know, you have to pick your battles. And really, children are trying to grow up and become their own person and go from learning from you to not being you and go through that process in their own way. And so one of the things I did learn was give them the opportunity to make their choices when they can and make their individuality when they can.
0: For the record, (laughs) I am very happy for my mother to fold all of my laundry in whichever way she would like. And on this trip, I might've on her visit this current weekend might have actually tripped over laundry baskets that were frustrating me because I like intentionally left them for my mom to fold all day yesterday. Um, And I was like getting angry because there were so many laundry baskets to fold. But I was like, but my mom's coming and I don't need to stop and fold them. So I have learned that if somebody is willing to fold my laundry, I let them. Um, And and, I I won't complain about it.
1: And I was happy to come and fold the laundry. It was like a little thing that I could do to show love and help support
2: her as a mom and so I was happy to do it. So now that we have have learned one good story about Melissa here, kind of <laughs> segues into another question. Um, and you have another daughter too and they both are mothers now. So what are some things that you would recommend to your own daughters and really anybody listening to this podcast? To help keep their stress levels at bay with little ones
1: you know there's two different things that i can think of um, that i tell my daughters at that point when they're exasperated and one is this this time is not going to last forever in the season that you're in if it's a baby that's not sleeping or a toddler that's trying to you know walk out of the store with sunglasses on his face or you know, figure out how to crawl under the um, the racks of merchandise in a store, or just needs to put the car seat, in, buckle their own car seat. It's not going to last forever. That this is a time, and as exasperating as it is, someday you're going to long for those moments, and so enjoy them.
0: People keep saying this. I just don't see it right now. <laughs> I just don't see being excited to not have to wait or to wait for the four-year-old to buckle himself in the car seat because he must do it himself. And it takes four minutes and we're late.
1: And just to challenge you to think of that in a different way, as I know you challenged me to, um, in the running, it's, it's in the mind. So waiting for a toddler is in the mind because it's less about the four minutes to buckle the seat and more about his ability to create independence.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And if he can learn and say, I can do this and I want to do this for myself now, buckling a car seat, then as he grows up and he goes to school and he's standing on his own or he wants to try out for the baseball team that he may have to try out for three years in a row before he gets on, or he gets on in the beginning and has to really practice that perseverance that he can learn at four and that reward that he gets for himself can really build a pattern of achievement. As he continues
0: to So this is a new thing right now. He just figured out how to buckle himself and his you know, five-point harness, so like, like a week ago. And now he need, oh, and he can zip his own jackets. And he can turn the sleeves from the jacket inside out all by himself. So all of these things are all must be done by Mr. Independent, which is it is great. And I you do remind me of that. And I, I do see that being great someday in the future. But when I'm already a few minutes behind schedule, I it's always a challenge to let him do it in the very unfrustrating manner, like, okay. And inside my head, I'm like stay forever but okay so
2: so Diane when you said about making it more about an opportunity to learn to do something independently it reminded me of something that I say with my money coaching and that is that a lot of times when you put the work in up front it is a bummer and it is difficult but if you do that then on the flip side, it becomes easy. So when Melissa, when your four-year-old is six, and he's like, zip, got my coat zipped up, got myself buckled, let's go, then it'll be awesome. You're putting in the work now that's not so fun, and then hopefully it will pay off and be really easy in the end.
0: Starting to feel like you're ganging up on me. (laughs) is a good point because I would rather him learn it now than trying to teach him these things in two more years so that is a good point and
1: mm-hmm. it just one thing. right it's the fact of I can learn how to do things for myself and it feels really good when I can do it another thing I often
3: tell them is it could be worse yeah it could be worse it have to be better, but it could be worse.
0: So do you have any tools you used to use or that you would recommend using now for whenever your frustrated daughter is waiting to let her son be independent and like counting techniques I should be doing?
1: Counting depends a little overrated I think um, but I do believe that taking a deep breath and just kind of coming back to the present moment because that's the only moment of promise and that certainly is not something that I ever would have been focused on. I shouldn't say that I shouldn't say that because I enjoyed I enjoyed being mom it was Um, My greatest achievement, and I love being a grandma. But really, truly understanding being present because I was often doing multiple things at a time, and I am much better at it as a grandma and as a mom now to focus on the moments because I don't have them 24 7. Mm -hmm. And so, not having them 24 7 helps me to appreciate the time I have and to be more present in the moments
3: because the moments can never be recaptured.
2: That's uh, so true. It used to drive me insane when Danny was a baby and he had a time where he had one ear infection after another. And I think for four or five months, I was only getting like maybe 40 minutes of sleep and then I'd be awake with him and then I'd have to hold him sitting up so he could sleep. And then, and I was still full-time corporate job at that time. And it was just so miserable. Um, operating on that lack of sleep for so long. And people would tell me, Oh, you know, treasure this time. It's so special. And I would feel like, excuse me, I don't know what is wrong with my voice. I would feel like slapping them like, Oh, shut up. And, (laughs) you know, because I was also really stressed. But now, only, you know, eight, eight years after that, I already look back and think, oh, how sweet was that, you know, when it was just him and I in the living room and he was laying on me sleeping and it, all I had to do to make him feel better was to do that. And now already at this age, the problems are more complicated and I can't just pick him up and hold him and make it better. And what everybody yeah. said was
0: right, I'm you not know. But I think I'm getting there. That's really, I, that's really beautiful. I don't want to think that. I don't want uh-huh. to not be able to make it better.
2: I, like, almost couldn't <laughs> even say that without choking up.
0: <laughs> we did have a moment. It wasn't, like, another, like, it was just, like, a, it was with our almost six-year-old. She just had, it wasn't, like, another... Uh, or anything caused a problem and i just remember being a teenager like you know you get like heartbroken by your friends or or like a boy or whatever right and how like you can't comfort your child or your friend or whoever it is right and so she just couldn't be comforted she was just very distraught about something that had happened but it wasn't like a person did something just like an event occurred and like she was like but she was like hysterical And I'm like, oh my gosh, how am I going to survive when she's like 16? Because whatever this was, was like clearly not important enough for me to remember the event, but I remembered her reaction. And I remember thinking like, I don't know how to make this better for her right now. And it was such a minor thing. Um, So I don't, I don't, I'm going to go snuggle between them in a full-size bed. Just kidding. I'm not, I'm so tired. They've been in my bed all week.
1: (laughs) No, I think another another piece for all you mamas to know is, let, it's hard. And being a mom is a 24-7 forever role. It becomes a part of your whole being, and it's hard. It's hard to be a mom and a woman and a mom and a wife and a mom and a whether it's a corporate or an entrepreneur or whether it's balancing out cleaning, you know, taking care of a home and managing finances or being a friend or a sister or daughter. We women balance a lot of roles and motherhood is so important and yet it also is such a joy. And so acknowledge it's tough. It's a challenge. And as long as you do the
3: best that you can and you give grace and receive grace, it's gonna be okay. It really is gonna be
2: okay. I love that. Like it. it's um, when you're in the thick of it, sometimes it's hard to see, see the end in sight and you don't want to see the end in sight because Well, I guess I have known people who have been excited when their kids moved out, but I do not believe that I will be one of those people. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think a lot of times (laughs) is is what I'm teaching enough. Is it ever going to sink in? Um, You know, just tonight he came up and the sliding door was locked because he had one out a different door and knocked on it, and I got up to go let him in, and before I could even get there, he kicked it, and he wasn't angry. He was just like kidding around, but I'm like, why would you do this? This is insane. You cannot kick a glass door, and, and I wonder, you know, when is it going to be that these things that I feel like I repeat the same stuff day after day after day, um, you know, when that hopefully finally starts to sink in that's got to just be like the best feeling ever when you don't have to remind them don't pick your nose. Um, Yes, you have to brush your teeth every day. It's important people don't like bad breath. Um, What's, what is that feeling like because I'm not there yet. (laughs) Is that one of the joys of motherhood.
3: Always feel like could have done more. Sometimes uh,
1: I wish I had done more, and yet what we do is enough because we only go so far in when we give, and then it has to be received. And not that that ends at a certain age, but we give, and then the reception piece is on the other side. Remember. Um, being in psychology class as an adult in college after Melissa was in college, wishing that I had done that prior to having my children. I remember him explaining it, that parenting is like a dance and each parent and each child has their own personality and their own temperament. And so no two relationships are ever alike. And in a dance, there's give and take. And so what works with one child and parent isn't going to work exactly the same way with another child and another parent. But if you're doing the best you can to know your child and let your child know you and give them your heart, that's the best that we can give. And it doesn't end. I, I still have my mom. So I still get to be on the child end and she is 82. And I still, and I'm a very imperfect mother. And she was an imperfect mother, and through her imperfection, by saying, You know, I wish I would have done better, and I'm like, Mom, you're awesome, I'm able to understand how that rolls down into another generation. But there's nobody like my mom. And it becomes less about what she said or didn't say, and more about her willingness to love and be present.
2: And that's. Um it's, it's interesting to me how, how long you paused. And then when you finally said that you wish you had done more, um, because I hear that from my own mom all the time. And in my opinion, and I would be willing to bet that of my siblings also, she was the best mom. I mean, she just was, she did all the stuff. Great. I mean, I have no bad memories well, I mean, nobody can say they have no bad memories from childhood, but I don't, I don't think like, oh, my mom failed me or she didn't do this and she didn't do that. I thought she was great. And all of us have turned out to be successful functioning adults, which I would think would be, you know, the biggest goal of any parent. And she still says that all the time. I guess I didn't, I thought I was doing a good job, but I guess I didn't do as good of a job as I thought. And I, and I always think, what are you talking about? But I guess, you know, everybody's got their, everybody's got their doubts about themselves.
0: I think you were a great mom. I might not have agreed at 16. (laughs) Um, I definitely thought you were kind of corny. I'm pretty sure that was the word I used. Um but looking back in hindsight, you're a great mom. Thank you. So I I have no I, I think you're the best mom. Sorry, you beat out Allison's mom for me.
2: <laughs> well, so. I mean, my That'd mom used to listen to in addition to the Richard Simmons tape, she <laughs> had a Steve Lawrence album with him singing New York, New York, and she would like dance around and pretend to sing into a microphone to that song when I was a teenager and had friends over it was pretty devastating I guess there's my at the time was a bad memory now I think it's hilarious but it's like mom what are you doing nobody else's mom does this kind of stuff which is now what makes that just such a hilarious memory for me
1: you know, sometimes, a lot of times, as parents, we never know what is something that we're going to do that's going to have an impact. And I think about, there was one year that money was really tight, and so my creativity kicked in, and I made the children backpacks for back to school. And I pulled together leftover blue jeans and fabrics, and I pulled um, zippers out of things, but for Melissa, she was in, I think, the sixth grade. And I took a pair of jeans and I lined it. They were Levi's and I lined them with orange fabric. And hers was like a, like a satchel, like a messenger bag. And I remember feeling kind of, I mean, I put my heart into making them, but I remember feeling a little less than that my children went to school with homemade backpacks and book bags. And it wasn't until she was an adult and she still had the backpack.
0: I still have it.
1: And she was telling, (laughs) we were at at something, a gathering and she was telling the story and like she was out of college and I'm listening to her tell the story how she was, she had this unique backpack and that there was another girl in the class that was like, where did you get that? And this little girl, like, had, like, the best of everything. And she was, like, was very proud about this backpack. And it was all these years later that I had felt like it wasn't quite enough, but it was the best that I gave. And here, on the flip side, she had something totally unique that she delighted in. And it took all those years.
0: Well, I do still have the backpack. Book bag. It was book bag. It was book bag. And she actually made one for Elliot for his birthday, and I was like, oh, he has one too. <laughs> his is dinosaurs, not, not Levi. Not Levi jeans. Yeah.
2: Now I- I'm thinking you probably need to get a picture with that to Ooh. post when we air this episode. Yes. For sure. In the guest room.
1: So we just don't know the impact that we made if we can just be mm. gentler on our own souls and assume the best, that we give our best and assume that as we put that best out there, that those are the seeds that are going to be cultivated, I think we can have a little bit more peace.
2: You know, you're right. I, As you're talking, I'm thinking of things that are similar that have happened to me and I didn't realize And one of them is this year after Christmas, we went to Colorado to visit my sister. And I had thought about taking Danny skiing, um, but I didn't want to pay. We were going to have to both take a lesson together. And it was the last spur of the moment it was gonna be super expensive. And I didn't want to, but I said, oh, we could go tubing instead in the mountains. So we went up to the mountains on the way up, he got car sick. And I, I actually thought he was faking it when he said he didn't feel good. And then we got up there and he was fine. And I thought, oh, he was, you know, I don't know what's going on here. And then we went to the tubing hill. And because of COVID, it was so packed because only so many people could be at the ski resorts that it was a three hour wait to tube. So and we okay. didn't have yeah. it that long once no we did we didn't even have we just had a couple hours to be there and we had to go back so i we were in winter park and they have this park in the middle of town with free sleds so we went there like okay let's just go sled and it was pretty lame um the hill and the sleds were kind of crappy and they were all taken and you know I was trying my hardest to be like, Oh, but you know, look how beautiful the scenery is. And, and we're still sledding in winter park. And then we went back down the mountain and he actually ended up getting sick in the car, which luckily was all in a bag. He's like a pro at that. And then I felt horrible because I thought, well, he was telling the truth going through this mountain curvy mountain pass made him sick. And for me, that day was a huge disappointment. And, but I, I tried not to let him know that as hard as I could thinking like, Oh, I've got to be one of those moms. It's like, Oh, let's make the best of it. And um, (laughs) so kind of fake it till I make it. Well, when we got back, he went back to school and they wrote a story about what they did on Christmas break. And he wrote a story about that day and didn't mention any. He said how awesome it was that he got to go sledding in the mountains. And I was just like, wow. That's
0: sweet. I don't have any of those
3: yet. Yeah. Thank
2: you for sharing that. Yeah, that was, uh, I still feel bad. Like, I've got to get him tubing soon because I was really excited about it too. But to him that was a great fun day he wrote a whole story about it he drew a picture of himself sledding down the hill um he had a blast and he didn't even mention that he got sick in the car
0: (laughs) the the one thing my kids will say like this was the best day ever now they say it kind of frequently like any fun thing happens like one fun like 30 minute thing and the Say this is the best day ever till they get hangry and then it flips but when they say that i'm just like reminded how in their eyes like they they see the fun things and that like that's okay they they miss the fact that i kind of lost my ish on them at breakfast because they wouldn't tell me what they wanted to eat or whatever it was um this is the best day ever mommy now they also know the flip side, that when they're upset and they're not getting their way, this is the worst day ever. And I'm like, yep, yeah, it is. Sure is, we'll, we'll go with that one. <laughs> but I try not to give in to the flip side and just take the good one, so.
2: So I guess you have you've kind of answered the original question of does mom life ever end? Definitely not.
1: And change through the moments and the
3: days.
0: I did just think of a question. Is there a period of time that's like the easiest, like infancy, preschool, like elementary, preteen, teen,
3: Every College. Season, every phase Boy. has its own euphoria. <laughs>
1: where you're like, wow. Okay. Whether it's from we have this new human
3: that we've brought forth into the world, um,
1: or look how they're learning to become independent. We have no more diapers, or we can now openly see in and they understand their goals and they're growing and developing or they're now doing more things and I have a little bit more time. And so the parenting becomes less active, which was how I felt once all the children were launched. Um, I had a very difficult time. with People told me that I wouldn't because I had moved after they were launched. And um,
3: I did, I did
1: have a difficult time. And then as, um, You were given the example earlier, Melissa, about seeing Vivian having a heartache about a situation with a friend. And Allison, you had mentioned, you know, about if I want to always be able to take away their pain, and you can't. And so as things shift and change, there are some things that become easier. And then there are other things that become um, where you can't do anything but love and pray.
3: Do you have a favorite stage? I won't hold it against you. If you don't say in their 40s, that's okay, too. (laughs) Well, um, from an
0: 18 and under perspective, is there a favorite age group to parent for you? Now, I I don't really think,
3: There
1: is. And so having three children within five years, there were different phases at the same time. And my own life impacted child raising times when I was a stay-at-home mom full-time and then times when I did a part-time job and then times when I ran my business. So depending on my life shifted and changed and then divorce and remarriage. And so, you know, parenting isn't just about what you're teaching the children and loving the children. It's about life and it's about sharing life and teaching life and helping them to grow and learn and make life how they want life to be. So I, no, I don't, I really don't have a favorite time. Each one, each season, each, each age group, each period of time of growth had its own
3: blessings and its own challenges.
1: I think the worst is when your child is hurting and you can't take the pain away and you feel like maybe if I would have or could have, I might have made a different impact. And that is just brutal. And we really should not okay. think that ever because there's nothing we can do
0: about
1: it. Yeah, that. you can't. But what we do can that. do is say, here's where I am. And moving forward, I think I might want to do something a little different.
2: So here's a little bit of perspective on that for me. I recently wrote my, my life story up that the part of it that caused me to start my business and it started with me quitting high school and the backstory of that was that I had this group of friends um, from grade school to middle school and we were really tight and in middle school um, some things happened and they weren't friends with me anymore and I went to a really small school and I never made any other friends. So I went into high school with no friends and you know 60 some kids in my class and I never had anybody to sit with at lunch and um, nobody like PE was a nightmare. Any kind of class where you had to interact with people was horrible and was on the honor roll and then like the top 10 percent of my class and I was also in the top 10 most absent kids from school. So almost every day, it would be time to go to school. And I would stand at the door and cry and not want to go. And my mom would have to stand there and try to convince me to go to school. And, and that was just horrible for her. So eventually, though, um, you know, I, I got through that it was awful. Um, I quit high school as soon as I was 16. And I ended up going to junior college, then I went to university, and and I went through jobs and all of that, but all of it led to me being irresponsible with my money, and into the jobs that I have, and eventually into starting this business, which has been awesome. So the moral of the story is, um, if my My mom has a lot of regrets about that period. She says, oh, I should have sued the school. I should have pushed harder. I should have done this. I should have done that. But having that been part of my story, it made me the person that I am today, who is somebody that I'm pretty happy with. Um, And who knows if she had done more with the school or done more here or there, if it would have even helped. And, you know, homeschooling was not really an option then. She was very limited in what she could do. And she's never gotten over that and thinking that she should have done more. She should have done something differently. And I don't think so at all. Um, Sometimes I think you just go through things. and
0: I mean, knowing you now as a, you know, very successful adult and mother yourself and knowing that you're happy with where you are hearing that piece of the story and like, you know, that your mom says that she still wishes she could do something different. And you're like, at this point, it's kind of like, well, it doesn't matter now, right? And so I think of that, and not even from a parenting perspective, just in general, like life decisions I might've made or that I did make that like, I'm like, oh, it wasn't really the best decision, but it, it is part of that story that got me to where I am today. And I'm happy with where I am today. So it makes it hard to say, like, I regret X, Y, and or Z, because um, it is part of where we end up, which those experiences I think reflect on ultimately like how we end up parenting and mm-hmm. that the parenting for life, not just for like mother, da- daughter, mother, son, or whichever.
1: Right. And as I'm listening to you, um, I'm just thinking how um, nothing's wasted even if some experience is happens and, and, you know, I certainly have, I have many of my own that I wish hadn't happened and things that were in my life that impacted my parenting or what, where I felt was a lack of parenting, where I didn't rise to the occasion, like I wish I would have, like maybe I would today, but nothing gets wasted. And, and I think too, things can always be used for something positive in some way. And I think as moms, we get to be the ones to cultivate that that habit of positivity and turning something into better, not to deny the hurt or the pain or the sorrow, or I wish I would have done this for you, but I didn't know, I did the best I could. But moving forward, I'm going to do this for you now. And I get that actually from my mom. My mom will say, I wasn't always there for you when you needed me, but I'll be there for you now.
0: So, obviously, I would say we don't want that to be something that adds stress to your life, right? Um, but more of a reminder that, you know, whether it's your intuition or the recommendation of you know, a book or something that lead you in a direction and not to let that overrule kind of like adding stress to your life, like let it be a guide, um not to make it more stressful. Right. So if you're in a period of time that you're, you know, like, what should I do? Am I doing the right thing? That's going to be stressful enough versus like, the worry and worry and worry down, down the road.
2: To me, what I've gotten out of this, um, just from listening to Diane and relating it to my own mom and my own parenting is that all we can really do is the best that we, that we know, um, do all the things that, that we think are right and model good behavior whenever possible. And, And just and pray, you know, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And all we can do is try to prepare them the best we can. And then we've got to figure out how to how to let go when the time comes.
1: If I can just add one more on that, just to have an open mind. That it all isn't dependent on us. And just to enjoy that gift of motherhood and appreciate the people that we bring in and who they are building in themselves from what we've given
2: that's a good it does uh that is another one that really hit home for me it does for me it does feel like it's all on me all of the success, all of the failure is all my responsibility to handle and manage. So that will be a new thing that I take out of this to try to share the load a little bit.
0: Well, thank you for all of your wise words of wisdom. <laughs> I use wisdom and wise in there twice. That's how wise you are. <laughs> Almost thrice. Almost. Thrice. They were like rhyming and everything. Um, So with all of our guests, we have three questions we like to ask at the end of an interview. Um, So the first one is, what is your favorite thing
3: to drink? I would, it's really close between coffee and a nice
1: cold glass of ice water. But I would have to say, I drink ice water the most, but coffee's probably Mm. my favorite, fresh, hot.
2: I tell you, we have yet to get somebody with a wild drink. I would say water is the number one most common answer on here. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah.
2: Maybe we should try to find some, uh, some wild drinkers to bring out as a guest.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Work on that. Um, What is. I, I too love a nice cup of fresh coffee in the morning. I was going to be very surprised if you chose water over coffee, I'll be honest. Um, the next question is what is the first thing you do when you get up in the morning?
1: (laughs) So, um, the first thing I do is pray and I laugh because I don't get up very well. And so I'm often praying to get out of bed. So that is the first thing that I do. And, um, as when I get out of bed, I actually go to my knees first.
0: Okay. Um, one of the things she does do when she gets out of bed after she prays and whatever else she does and gets her coffee, she has a, a daily see you at six. Uh, on her Facebook page. And we'll have a link to her pages and social medias and stuff on the bottom in the show notes. Um, But it's, it's a fun time. I also have a hard time getting out of bed in the morning. (laughs) So I'm not always awake to see her at six, but she's always there. So put that in there too. And then our last question, what is your go-to activity to de-stress?
1: I would like to say that it's physical exercise. Um, It does de-stress me, but it is not my go-to. And so my go-to activity is to phone a friend or my mom and um, reach out to someone else.
0: We have not had that answer
1: yet. No? (laughs) Of course. Yeah.
0: I love it.
2: Well, Well, thank you so much. I, this was awesome for me. I almost cried a couple times and, um, I definitely learned some new techniques to help myself cope with parenting and I'm sure everybody else will too.
0: Thank you. And thank you for being my number one fan. Well,
1: thank you so much for having me. I truly am honored to be here. Um, with you two ladies and joining the Unstressed Mama fan club as one of your fans myself. So thank you.
0: The Unstressed Mama podcast is brought to you by Allison Rodden, Kelsey Decker, and Melissa Sroby. You can find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash groups. Forward slash unstressed mama and on instagram at unstressed mama. if you like what you heard be sure to tell your friends so other mamas can join in the fun you can find our individual contact information in the show notes for this episode
2: if you have questions about this topic or suggestions for future topics the best place to reach us is through our facebook instagram page or email at unstressmama at gmail.com.